You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Potosi, which I'm not 100% sure where Potosi is, but I have drank Potosi beer, um, and that was good. So I assume the company is also in Potosi. So I'm not 100% sure where Potosi, Wisconsin is, but I am the ESPN uh, Bucks of reporter there as well um a great affiliate obviously clearly i don't remember where the office is because i drank too much beer while i was there but that's okay uh frank madden is here as well he is the founder of brewhoop.com and my good friend and a new father happy father's day buddy thank you sir my first uh father's day as a dad i uh got to put my daughter matilda on the on the facetime with my dad and mom today so kind of bring it full circle so shout out to uh to my dad um, for uh, being, you know, my role model, and and hopefully I'm I'm uh, will follow in his footsteps with my daughter. So, shout out to all the dads out there. Shout out to shout out to dads. Shout out to single moms. Shout out to really any parent out there because uh, you know you really don't appreciate it until you have to actually raise a child of your own, and um, it's amazing. It's a gift, all that great stuff, but uh, it is also a lot of work. Also, shout out to my wife who you know, is, uh, is doing more of the heavy lifting is definitely the more valuable parent in, in this household. So shout out to that, my wife, the Rockets fan. She's the real MVP, most valuable she's, parent. She, she the real MVP. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out to my dad, uh, for always listening and hanging out and shout out to, uh, I guess my brother-in-law who's here in, or who's been in here in town with my sister as well for the last week. Um, I've gotten to be uncle Eric for a couple days and, I mean, just like an hour with one of the kids ISO'd is, I mean, a lot. So all of you actual parents, like, uh, I'm just the fun guy, and you you guys all actually, like, live that life. So shout out to all of you guys for actually getting through it, because I know I couldn't do it at this point. Um, you know, maybe down the road, though, but we'll figure that out. Uh, <laughs> so, Frank, what we want to do, it is draft week. Uh, draft is on Thursday. Does it feel super early to you as well, like, didn't you, when you looked at the calendar, feel like June 28th, that would be when the draft is, not June 21st, or am I crazy here? I feel like it It seems like it always falls more in like the June 24th to 26th range. I'm just throwing that out based That's on memory. I, I totally um, so it does feel a little bit earlier this week, June 21st, but uh, whatever. I'm excited. I think it's, I actually feel like it's usually so close to free agency that it's like you kind of don't even get a chance to decompress from the draft before you have to do you know, free agency preview. So I'm actually happy that there's a bigger gap between the draft and free agency. And I'm sure front offices are as well, just because, um, you know, this is, this is the busiest time of the year for if you're, if you're working in NBA front office and, um, you know, we're going to talk about some 
workouts and, and all that stuff that's been going on um, because obviously the due diligence taken or required before the draft is considerable. I mean, it's a year-long process and really kind of all comes ahead over the past month. And then you dive right into free agency as well, which depending on you know a team's uh, free agency situation, who's who's available, who is a free agent, how much cap space they have, et cetera. It's obviously um, you know the, the these sort of you know ten days or so are probably you know the biggest turning point in in every team season in terms of roster turnover and you know are you getting better or are you getting worse yeah and i I, this this is kind of a i guess kind of a a fun time but also a difficult time and uh, i guess for us it's kind of a weird year draft wise because the bucks kind of made a deviation this year in that instead of having public draft workout or i shouldn't say public draft workouts it's not like you guys can go show up to draft workouts in the past or anything but uh allowing media members to interview the players that they worked out um or at least allowed people to know they worked out that hasn't happened this year like they've kind of closed us off to the media so we don't really have an official list but you were kind of doing some sleuthing and putting it together and i think this would also be the time that i want to remind everyone we didn't know DJ Wilson worked out for the Bucks last year. Like we didn't know that until I think draft night. Uh, that that kind of leaked out, and I don't know if it would have, you know, ever really leaked out if they didn't make the pick of DJ Wilson. Like I, I think there's a lot of secrecy to all of this. There's a lot of a lot of times where teams are working out guys, uh, you know, just working it out with agents and you know going to a. a a spot where no one else would know that they're going to do this workout and stuff like that. Like all of those things exist. So um, we are going to try to kind of compile the list and Frank did some of that work and put it out on Twitter and I think got some help from some of you guys. So shout out to you for helping doing some of that sleuth work. Um, but uh, I guess this is kind of a, just a strange time because you don't have that certainty that you had in years past, but also maybe that was always just a false sense of certainty because you never really knew who who the Bucks were working out. So, uh, Frank, you want to try to dig into this list and let's attempt to figure out who might be around or who the Bucks might have talked to at this point? Yeah, sure. So this is the list that we've been able to cobble together. Um, Hoops Hype has a list team by team of, you know, kind of workouts that, um, that they've kept. And it mostly meshes with what I was able to find with um, a couple couple questions uh, that, that I, I don't know if we'll find out the, the answer to them but a couple differences and then otherwise i just sort of poked around um shout out to the real gm bucks board i kind of poked around there um just poked around twitter obviously the hoops hype rumors page um gary wolfel had a bunch of these too so um i think just kind of going across all these sources you know presumably this is a probably a pretty comprehensive list of people who came to milwaukee but as you said a year ago the bucks saw dj wilson work out privately um in california i think it was they didn't have him into milwaukee and, you know, even in previous years, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, Giannis did not work out in Milwaukee. I, I certainly did not expect the Bucks to pick Giannis. That was a shock to me uh, when I heard his name mentioned. Um, you know, Rashad Vaughn, I think, came and worked out the week of the draft. So he came in pretty late. Um, Thon Maker was certainly a surprise, even though he came in and, you know, told everyone that he was going to be a modern KG. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I feel like back in the Herb Cole days, there was more of a, it was like a more public, um, courtship, you know, like you would get the rumor of like, oh, Herb Cole went out to dinner with, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and it'd be like, oh, okay, maybe that, maybe that, that's the guy. Um, but yeah, of late it's, it's been a bit different. And this year, um, you know, I mean, keep in mind a year ago, um, 
Justin Zanuck actually ran the draft sort of prep process. And then John Horst only was named GM, like basically, what was that, like a, a couple days before the draft, I want to say, something like that. Um, I it think was, it happened on a Friday, and then Monday okay, so like he was week. officially introduced, and then Thursday was the draft. Yeah, so basically their whole draft prep happened under kind of the, you know, more the old guard, Billy McKinney and company, Dave Babcock. Um, and now, I mean, since that draft, you know, yes, John Horst nominally made that pick, um, but since that draft, you have, you know, really for the most part, a, a new scouting department that, you know, hasn't made a pick yet. So it, it's a very different um, group, even though John Horst is, you know, still a carryover. There's obviously other folks in the front office who have carried over from the previous John Hammond regime. But, um, you know, as we saw, the fact that they didn't do a public, that they knew public workouts this year or didn't, you know, ever let on who is working out, um, obviously things are different. And so in terms of who actually we have at least evidence that, that they did work out for the Bucks. I'll run down the list and I'll give you the, their uh, Jonathan Gavoni top 100 ranking. So ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni, sort of where they had them, just so you guys have some bearing. These aren't, I don't think these are mock draft rankings. These are just the top 100. So these are his like top 100 rankings. Um, but I'll run, run through it in order for everybody who's in the top 60, okay? Jerome Robinson, combo guard from Boston College, who I hadn't even heard of until a week ago. Uh, he was like a plus 20 plus point per game score, so a big time score in the ACC. Um, he's number 17. Uh, in Gavoni's rankings, and we'll we'll bring him up in some of the mocks here in a moment. Troy Brown uh, from Oregon, freshman, still not even 19 years old yet, kind of a combo forward as well. We'll talk a bit about him. Um, Aaron Holiday, younger brother of uh, sorry, Troy Brown was 18. Uh, Aaron Holiday, younger brother of Drew and Justin, and I don't know, probably uh, 18 other Holidays. Is is he related to Matt Holiday? formerly of the Cardinals and Rockies. I don't think so. I think there's an extra L in that Matt Holiday name. Um, but Aaron Holiday, 22nd junior point guard from UCLA. Um, Mitchell Robinson, uh, one of the mystery men of the draft, I guess you could say. He's ranked 23rd in Gavoni's top 100. He's a 7-1 center who um, was supposed to go to Western Kentucky and then didn't end <laughs> up playing at Western Kentucky. Uh, I think he went there. I want to say he went there because I think he had like family or some mentor or family member that was like, going to be on the coaching staff. And I think something went sideways. And anyway, doesn't play last year. So a lot of questions about him, but very well-known, very highly coveted prospect from, you know, the AAU EYBL circuit. Uh, he's at 23. Uh, DeAnthony Melton, who we talked about a bit with, with Cole Zwicker, as well as um, Mike Clutterbuck last week. He's number 24. Um, Melvin Frazier, uh, number 32. Uh, I can't even remember where Melvin Fra- – do you remember where Melvin Frazier played college? He was like, he's like an athlete. Tulane, yeah, he's like an athletic. Um, I've heard Gerald Green comps, like kind of comp, like a wing player. Uh, he's ranked 32. Uh, Mo Wagner, the Michigan big man. Uh, Moritz Wagner. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's German. really well done, Frank. That's your that's your German. Uh, shout out to Mo Wagner for just making it easy by going by Mo rather than Moritz. Um, but anyway, he's number 36. <laughs> Hamadou Diallo, swingman from Kentucky. You guys may remember him because. He could have come out last year and and should have uh, if he was merely trying to maximize his draft status. Uh, I he mean, was, we were talking about him as a yeah. potential first rounder last year. Right. And I mean, he didn't have a great year at Kentucky, but is coming out. He's number 37. Um, Anthony Simons, the uh, guy who was a high schooler, did a prep year at IMG Academy. We've talked about him. He's kind of a, I think he's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, combo guard, and his name is Anthony, so that's, again, bonus points. He's number 38. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., 
whose dad was technically drafted by the Bucks, Gary Trent in the, I don't know what that was, like mid-90s. Um, Gary Trent, formerly known as the Shack of the Mac, he was like a small, like a power forward. He was like a 6'8 power forward. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a uh, shooting guard, went to Duke, and is uh, certainly not a the Shack of anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, a skill guy, he's number 39. Um, oh, God, I, don't, I, don't, I just have last names on this list. I don't even remember. They had the USC big guy, Metu. Was it something with a C? Chew, Chew, Chewbacca, Metu, or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, we'll call him Chewy. Um, Whoa, that was just, yeah. you just have that? That's a thing you just have, Frank? That I Chewy just, I just sound? Dropped Chewbacca. I just dropped the Chewbacca on you. Wow, I um, didn't know you just had that. Like, I would have been calling for this much. I, I would have in- <laughs> insisted that we did a Star Wars pod at some point so that you could have just unleashed that on the world. We haven't done one since Solo came out, though. But I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it this week. Okay, maybe after that. Um, <laughs> a little more for you. <laughs> I, I think I, I don't know how it's going to sound on the I don't know how it's going to sound on the, the pod, but I, I I do a pretty good Chewbacca because the key good. thing is most people just do the really loud Chewbacca, but the key thing is you got to do like the conversational Chewbacca, right? Because he's not just always yelling, you know, he's doing the you know like doing like a little like that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's that'll that's it for my Chewbacca stuff for for tonight. I was not intending to do a Chewbacca, but uh, Chewbacca right Metu. Now. Uh, but I need to look up what Metsu's real first name is. But uh, if 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 the Bucks draft him, this guy out of USC, which would have to be like a bot second round pick, uh, it, it, absolutely we are calling him Chewy. That is his that is his, his nickname, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, Travon Duval, former highly touted prospect from Duke, point guard, freshman, can't shoot at all, but is quick and athletic and. I think he averaged like what ten and six last year uh, to six assists per game for the for the Blue Devils. But again, tough to be a point guard who shoots sixty percent from free throws and and can't shoot threes. Um, guys, I missed in my tweet from earlier today. Uh, Dante Divincenzo, I think he is twenty. Let's see, is he twenty second or twenty six? He's twenty sixth in the uh, in the uh, Jonathan Gavoni rankings. Uh, Divincenzo. Uh, shout out to uh, Micah Bloom for tweeting at me his name, and I was like, "Wait, did I miss him?" And then I kind of Googled around. Apparently, he might have alluded to working out for the Bucks in an Instagram story last week. If there's a more Dante Divincenzo way to allude to a draft workout, I don't, I can't think of it because that <laughs> dude, he's got, he's got to get his social media figured out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hoops Hype also had. Uh, French point guard Elia Kobo as working out for the Bucks. I have not been able to find any other allusions to a Kobo working out for the Bucks. He he has done the tour the the rounds as far as um, going working out for teams in in the U.S. So I mean his his French league season I guess ended in time for him to do workouts here. Um, we've talked a bit about him. Uh, being an intriguing uh, sort of combo guard uh, who played very well in France, especially at the end of the year, had a big 44-43-point game yeah. in the French playoffs, I think. So he's an interesting player as well. Um, but again, he's he's on the hoops hype list. I have not seen anything else about him anywhere. I've been told by people, I, I'm trying to think who, a couple people tweeted at me that the the Bucks real GMers are very much on the Elio Kobo train. In case you're curious, uh, there you go. But they they're very excited about him, and I believe one of 
someone said that they're very excited about it for um, off the dribble three reasons, which <gasps> piqued my interest, obviously. Uh, but I did your did, heart just skip a beat a little bit to saying did, that? No, it did. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so I need to do some more research there and see if I feel confident uh, in that. I wish Cole had seen enough, or I guess more of him uh, by the time we had a chance to talk to him because he hadn't quite got to a Kobo yet um I'd be curious what he thinks of him uh and then maybe that's that's my new guy I don't know we'll have to figure that out yeah and it's interesting because we were talking about like well what how does this even compare to other teams right in the Bucks range like have they worked out similar players um for for reference I, so I looked up uh who the Spurs had worked out because the Spurs are picking one spot behind the Bucks they have also worked out Troy Brown and Dante DiVincenzo um, the only other top 30 guys the Spurs have, uh, Zanan Musa from Croatia. Bucks have not worked him out. He's a wing. Um, and Josh Okogi. I haven't heard, I've heard people say Okogi or Okoji, and I don't know what, which one it is, but he's number, uh, he's at least number 30 in, in hoop types rankings, um, from Georgia Tech. The Bucks have not been linked to him, but otherwise uh, kind of a lot of, you know, kind of common names that, that you see pop up. Um, I was gonna say Phoenix is kind of an interesting one because they have like so many picks. Obviously, they have uh, a pick at the top, but then they also have the fifteenth or let's see, sixteenth pick. I'm trying to think. If yeah, they're, yeah. They're so right. I didn't, I didn't want to compare to them because I mean they're they're also picking obviously very high. Um, but it was so interesting they, why I, why I went there was because I think you know obviously they're gonna have I don't want to say a clear delineation, but you can see like they had Aiden Bagley. Uh, Triple J and Muhammad Bamba all in for a workout. And I think those we can pretty squarely put into their first pick. Uh, right. And then... At so that's yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's obvious who, who came for the first pick correct. and who came for later. And, and then who came for later. Like, they had Zaire Smith, someone that we haven't seen that the Bucks have brought in, who I think is someone who I think has kind of a wide variance as far as where he could get picked, because I don't think anyone really knows what to think about him. Uh, but also Phoenix did have in Troy Brown. They did have in Aaron Holiday. They did have in Elio Kobo. Um, and then they had a couple other guys, which, again, this is a tough spot because they also, I believe, have a pick near the top of the second round uh, because they had uh, Bates Giop in as well. They had Jacob Evans, they had DeAnthony Melton, and then Joshua Kogi, and then like Jalen Brunson, Anthony Simons. So it's kind of tough to separate that part, but um, I, I'm, I'm really curious with Zaire Smith and then Robert Williams is another one that I'm kind of interested to see because I... We kind of talked about him, but uh, there's a part of me that thinks there's no way that he gets to the Bucks. But also, I'm struggling to really kind of see where he thinks he's going because I, I think for the most part, as I've been looking through this list, like he didn't really work out for a ton of people outside of the lottery. And I mean, that can kind of make things interesting if, well, he gets through the lottery and he isn't chosen. Like, how do those teams kind of value him? Can any of those teams get him in for a workout? I, I think that's kind of an interesting part of this as well, because if you're an agent, you're trying to set your player's market by having him only 
workout certain places and not granting workouts to those people. And we heard Mike talk about that a little bit last week. Like it's agents that are controlling this. Like if teams could have every player in to work them out, they'd have every player in to work them out. But agents are trying to, you know, kind of set the market and set where they hope their guys go in this draft and hopefully push them higher and hopefully get some more of that guaranteed money. So I just think that Robert Williams and Zaire Smith are two that are, I think are kind of interesting to me because they seem to be swing guys in that, you you know, there's a chance that they do go lottery, but there's also a chance that they drop out of the lottery and that I think it gets interesting in that 15 to 18 range. Yeah, and I think Gary Wolf reported that Zaire Smith and Robert Williams, the Bucks wanted to work them out, and they were their agents said no because of the ranges that they were yeah. in in the in the draft, and basically saying like we're you know we we can't be seen uh, working out for such you know uh, lower class. Well, in this case, sort of the opposite, right? <laughs> but but outside of uh, a team picking as low as the Bucks, uh, heaven forbid. Um, but yeah, it's actually interesting because if you look at um, Jonathan Gavoni's rankings. The top sixteen guys, the Bucks could not work out any of them. I mean, you you can you can safely assume that if the Bucks wanted to work out anybody in the top sixteen, which includes Zaire Smith at sixteen, Williams is twelve. Um, you know, they they were likely rebuffed for the reasons that you mentioned. So if you're if you're angry that the Bucks didn't work out Miles Bridges or Mikel Bridges or whatever, probably because they didn't have a chance to <laughs> to do that. Um, you know, I mean, again, it doesn't mean the Bucks are going to pick those guys or that they're going to make any sane pick on draft night who knows right we don't know what they're going to do um but if you know in terms of like you know team the guys that that you know in terms of like who you're working out relative to where you're drafting you know it's pretty again there's there's other guys if you look at the the 17 through 30 range just in case people are curious on the gavoni list jerome robinson 17 bucks brought him in brown 18 bucks got him um musa bucks did not get him in uh 20 is kevin herter who um reportedly well he shut down workouts and also tore a ligament in his in his hand um so you know again like uh, he it's been talked that he has a, a promise in the 20s i think the bulls have a pick in the 20s i think he's been rumored that must be the that must be the what the the pelicans pick i guess um 22 yeah so so i don't know so again like wouldn't really have had a chance necessarily to, to work him out um a kobo 21 Sounds like apparently they worked him out. Holiday twenty two, they got him. Mitchell Robinson twenty three, Melton twenty four, they bought both those guys. And then um, Okogi twenty five did not work out him. Vincenzo to Vincenzo twenty six, they got him. And then twenty seven through thirty, Grayson Allen, Bruce Brown, Kada Bates, Diop, Jacob Evans, um, Kyrie Thomas thirty one. All those guys they did not work out. Uh, and then it gets all the way to thirty two, Melvin Frazier, who they did. So um, so again, I mean the Bucks more or less worked out the vast majority of guys that would have been available to work out from essentially their slot into the mid to late twenties. Um, and again, we'll see, I mean, we'll see how all this shakes out on draft night. Um, and, and obviously I think what all, what else stands out is obviously, yes, they, they have worked out a ton of guys who are much more into that second round range. A lot of guys in the thirties to forties range. Um, and, you know, we've heard, talk that you know well if ever there was a year for the bucks to buy a pick uh, it would be this year since they don't have that second round pick since it went to the nets as part of the zeller deal sigh um and and so we'll see right uh we'll see i think i think bottom line i mean you know again like you're a professional basketball team like you have to be ready for any scenario so you might as well be working out guys in second round slots even if it's not a lock that you're going to get a pick in that range um but uh, obviously i think 
pretty much any fan would would want the Bucks to go uh, to go buy a pick and, and get an extra opportunity to, to take a swing on on somebody because again uh, you know I think we've seen it with the Bucks as well uh, certainly guys like you know Brogdon uh, and, and I mean you can go way back the history of second round picks the Bucks have taken chances on who turned out well Brogdon kind of being the latest hopefully Sterling Brown falls into that category as well but uh, yeah it would be nice to see the Bucks maybe pick up a second round pick they certainly have I think some roster room to do so and obviously with the the sort of cap and potential tax pressure on them there's a good reason to to have you know a, a guy on a second round pick uh, second round slot uh, salary this year just because that's the cheapest possible guy if he takes a you know something close to the minimum so um so yeah so i think again like you know assuming this these lists are accurate not really a huge surprise in terms of who was in and who wasn't um but it doesn't necessarily tell us a whole lot about which direction the Bucks are actually going to go. I was going to say, I think there's a couple interesting things there. And uh, I keep going back to Herter. Obviously, that was a guy that Cole said, you know, um, the Bucks should be looking for. And that would be someone that he'd be looking for at 17. And we put a lot of stock into what Cole says because we think Cole is very smart. And I shouldn't even say we think Cole is very smart. Cole is very smart. Uh, and no one really does any of this stuff better than him. So I've just been really interested um, to kind of think through, like, so Herter is shutting down, like shut down his workouts and that's fine and good. Um, And, you know, maybe that had something to do with the hand and maybe that also just had something to do with them getting that guarantee. But those situations are always interesting to me because, well, at the same time, we keep talking about setting your market. And if you, I don't want to say set your market at in the mid twenties, but that sounds like where his his guarantee is um, well, then maybe you don't get the attention of uh, a team at seventeen. But you would think the Bucks would say, "Hey, you should come in for a workout, and we'll see. Maybe we like you at 17. So I don't know. Like I, I'm fascinated by him because he is someone that I think draft Knicks by and large love. Like, I think you struggle to find someone breaking down the draft that, you know, we think is smart that doesn't really like Kevin Herter. Um, and I mean, I think I've seen some people compare him to Clayish, as in Clay Thompson, which, I mean, that's pretty awesome <laughs> in a league that's constantly looking, trying to get more threes. Uh, a guy that shot 41.7% from three last year seems like someone you might want and especially when that guy is just a sophomore um so in that 19 to 20 range or 19 to 20 years old like i'm just really interested to see um one where his possible guarantee is and who knows maybe we'll figure that out on draft night or maybe he'll get picked before that um i think the latest mock draft over at sports illustrated has him at 19 to the hawks and i don't think anyone is thinking that's where his guarantee was but i'm fascinated to see where he goes in this draft because i think he's he's in an interesting spot because he does have some things working against him i think there's some concerns about his wingspan, maybe a little bit about his defense, what he can do on that side of the, of the ball. But then there's a lot of people really intrigued by his shooting, what he can do off the move, what he can do um, attacking a closeout. So uh, I think he's kind of one of those guys that pushes and pulls in different directions. And you don't know which one of those things you're going to weigh more, whether it's the defensive concerns, whether it's the offensive upside. Uh, I just think he's a really interesting prospect. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, this is the hard part of the year, right, where, you know, you see shades of a player. Like, are, are there shades of Clay Thompson and Kevin Herter? 
possibly in terms of his shooting. You know, I think that's the that's his obvious skill, his ability to shoot um, on the move, ability to shoot off the dribble um, from NBA range. Um, you know, by the same token, uh, maybe he doesn't profile as a bad defensive player, but you know, Clay Thompson is. Uh, I don't know how many all defensive teams if if Clay's actually made any yet, but I mean he is I think of that caliber. He's a guy that defends yep. the other team's best player um, on the wing, and and certainly uh, you know uh, I don't think anybody's expecting that of Kevin Herter. So this is always the hard part of the year, right? Like you you want to see the the positives in in guys, um, but you also you know how do you, how do you kind of balance uh, balance all that? So Herter's definitely an interesting guy. Um, you know we did pick him in the. Um, in the Locked On uh, Podcast Network mock draft last week, um, which you can listen to now. Uh, I think we were kind of, well, you you were on vacation. And so I like texted you with options. I think, um, you know, we, we were sort of like deciding between point guards and, and him. And it was right after I had, we had had our, our quote unquote <laughs> Twitter beef about me preferring point guards and, and you not, and um, you know. Then you got stuck about, with Colin Sexton. And you're like, I don't want a point guard. <laughs> well, that was thing. Colin Sexton fell significantly in in our uh, locked on mock draft, um, it, which I think weird. might happen I, on draft night too. I think he might drop some. Could be. Um, it, it's kind of funny. He's he like the guy I always think of when I see him is Eric Bledsoe. Which, if Bledsoe wasn't on the Bucks, then I probably would be like, okay, yeah, sure, roll the dice on this guy because again, like <laughs> he he's been an inconsistent shooter. Um, that's yep. obviously a, a big reason why I think there's questions about sex. And he's like a definitely a motor guy, try hard guy. Um, you know, whether he's actually good defensively is a question mark. Certainly, I mean, you can say shades of Bledsoe in, in that regard. Um, but I, just some I, of the things. Honestly, like, I could imagine him saying the exact same thing Bledsoe did. Like you remember when I asked Bledsoe. Um, like the 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 skill behind finding your way around a pick, like being able to avoid the pick on the pick and roll, like getting over the top. Uh, and I, I tried to like kind of pick his brain, like how do you how do you attempt to do that? Is there something that you're like watching? Is it instinctual? And he's just like, I'm a dog, man. Like I could see Colin Sexton saying the same thing. Like when whether that's scoring, whether that's turning a corner, whatever it is, like I could just see him saying that same thing. So I I like that Eric Bledsoe come. Yeah, and uh, Sexton went to Alabama. Eric Bledsoe is from Alabama. Uh, so you know I don't know some some random uh, comparisons. <laughs> I will say that Sexton is a good was a good free throw shooter in college, seventy eight percent. But um, you know is shooting thirty four percent from three. Uh, right around 50% from two didn't do a whole, I mean, 3.6 assists didn't really got fewer than one steal per game. Um, only three blocks all year. I mean, just, and again, like, you know, you're not drafting a point guard to get blocks, but it's concerning to me that a guy who's like supposed to like a really high motor athletic guy, like doesn't pick up stats that tend to be stats that get accrued in college by guys who are really functionally athletic. Um, so the fact that, you know, 3.8 rebounds and very few block and steals that, that again, not the fact that I did not watch a lot of Alabama basketball, um, combined with, you know, just looking at the stats sort of just made me nervous. And again, um, having blood, having the real blood. So, uh, actually on the team, maybe just feel like, <laughs> eh, I don't know if this is really the guy that I want. And, and again, also the fact that, you know, our picks don't matter. <laughs> they definitely do not. Yeah. We, we wouldn't have had to explain passing on, you know, a quote unquote lottery talent like Sexton. Um, I don't think Sexton also measured out as well as, yeah. um, as people expected. You know, I think, um, there was talk about him kind of 
coming into the draft as being this like you know being like really freakishly athletic and then like a bigger point guard and you know like he was listed at i I mean i saw some some pre-combine measurements of him of six three and seven foot wingspan and at the combine he officially measured six one and a half with a six seven and a quarter wingspan um 183 pounds so i mean it's it's like you look at his numbers and you're like this guy isn't very big Mm -hmm. um and you know, again, like it's a little bit, a little bit weird. That that kind of threw me off um, a bit. You know, just to try to figure out, like, okay, like, well, what does that, what does that mean? So anyway, we'll see. Um, but but we didn't pick him. Elia Kobo, we we talked about. I I know. Uh, he, again, like we haven't just seen much of Elia Kobo just because he's a French guy. Um, he's not as as young as a lot of these guys either. I think he's what. In his, I think he's a little over twenty, right? I think a Kobo. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah. Anyway, like we could have picked a Kobo, and I think would have been very I, I, hipster of us. But I, I, I was gonna know, say just, like, that was the thing. Like I just couldn't. I didn't have a good enough read on him to definitively say like that's who the Bucks should pick. Right. Uh, I mean, if we had just talked to Cole, if Cole had told us like he loved Elia Kobo, then I probably would have picked him just because. <laughs> agreed. You know, I'm I'm uh, easily influenced by by. It's the smart people we sometimes get to talk to. So, uh, but yeah, Cole had, had said, admitted he had not, he was one of the guys that was still sort of on his list, um, uh, to, to talk to. So, so anyway, so that was, that was our completely unscientific approach to, to our mock draft. But, um, I know we'll talk about, um, I know we'll talk more about our, our personal favorites probably this week. Um, so maybe tomorrow there's one guy that I really like that I think I've kind of turned around on, but I, I think we can probably t- save that for tomorrow. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about tonight yet, um, while going through all of these mocks, um, I keep seeing Jerome Robinson. Yeah. And, Again, I don't know a ton about Jerome Robinson, um, but uh, as I've told you off uh, off the podcast and maybe on the podcast, I don't love drafting older players in the first round. Um, Jerome Robinson would be a 21-year-old. Um, and again, like there, there shouldn't just be like, oh, if you drafted someone young, that means you made a good pick. Like That is a bad rule to have. Um, but I, I do generally kind of get concerned about, and, and I mean, we went through all of this with Malcolm Brogdon, right? Like if you're an older prospect, can you add more? And Jerome Robinson is just 21. Malcolm Brogdon got drafted at 24. So there's some difference there. But that is always something that I'm concerned about. And then um, there's just one thing I come back to. Cole tweeted this a while ago. Or I shouldn't say a while ago. Um, he tweeted it on the 13th, so like last week-ish. Um, and the tweet was... Not all the way through yet, but pretty sure Jerome Robinson is the worst defensive player I've seen out of all the first-round prospects this year. Terrible at mirroring, no reach, gets run through basically every time in attack situations, gambles too much, poor awareness, yikes. Gotta say, don't (laughs) love that. (laughs) Don't love that tweet. Um, And again, like this isn't... I think he's in a lot of different spots, right? Like ESPN does. I think the ESPN mock still has him uh, 17, 17 going to the bucks. Uh, Jeremy Wu, who puts it together for sports illustrated. He has Jerome Robinson uh, at 17 of the bucks. And again, not that all these people are right, but um, when I think you see a number of people predicting a certain player to uh, one team in particular, I think 
again, maybe there's a little smoke there. I don't really know, but uh, just the fact that I keep seeing them and then thinking about like, yeah, I am someone who is of the belief that you do need uh, some of that creation, some more shooting, some more playmaking, some more uh, scoring. Uh, you need all those things out of the point guard position. So there is part of me that sees over 20 points per game, over three rebounds, over three assists per game, 48% from the field, 40.9% from three, 83% from the free throw line. I, get, I see all that and think, okay, I, I – I can get down with that, but man, uh, a point guard that can't defend, that's not going to work so well in the playoffs. Um, That doesn't really play. And uh, again, uh, I think I'm willing to look the other way for Trey Young, who I think may be uh, a even greater offensive talent in all those ways. Um, but I don't know if I'm willing to look the other way for a 6'5", 190-pound junior. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of those things. It's like, you know, how many how many freshmen, sophomores, uh, if they stuck around long enough, you know, that, that might also be in the mix here in the first round would have put up even better numbers if they stayed around as long as, as a guy like Robinson, right? I mean, that's, yep. that's always one of the fundamental questions you have about this guy. I mean, he did average almost 19 points per game last year, so it's not like he, you know, kind of totally came out of nowhere. Um, but he definitely, he is on the list. So there's, uh, I think 19 guys on the green room list that was reported by, um, Woj and Jonathan Gavoni and, um, no, I would say no big shockers included in there. Um, but, uh, it was interesting to see, um, Dante DiVincenzo, Jerome Robinson, Chandler Hutchison, uh, from Boise state and Aaron holiday from UCLA make that list just because, um, those are the guys who I think have been consistently, potentially falling outside the top 20 that that we've heard mentioned um so interesting to see all of them uh get those green room invites and again you know the green room invites are typically based on sort of you know league intelligence about where guys are going to be going so it's not like it's foolproof or a guarantee that a guy is going to go top you know in the the top x picks but uh it's it's an interesting one at least. Luka Doncic not on the green list just because um, it's likely Real Madrid will still be playing at the time of the draft. So um, otherwise, I don't, I don't think there are any real real surprises in there. But but yeah, I, I think all those guys. You know, and again, it always seems this way. Maybe it just seems this way just because of the our psychology on the draft. I feel like you know anytime the draft comes, like you always sort of start to get your hopes up for guys who are probably in that not likely to be there category. Um, as you you know, you always talk about like ranking guys definitely not there most likely not there possibly there etc mm-hmm. um and so i think it's only natural you kind of you know it's like you're shopping for anything right <laughs> like you're shopping for a you know twenty five thousand dollar car then you start thinking about thirty thousand dollar cars or, <laughs> you know you, you start shopping for a house worth this and you start looking then you start talk trying to talk yourself into a house that's worth you know 10 percent more or whatever so um so anyway it's it, it's probably only natural to kind of think that way um but it does it i don't know it does feel like like you know i, I don't know like i would be surpri- i would be surprised at this point like maybe I, i'm just sort of um taking these mocks way too seriously at this point i probably am cuz there's always one or two guys that obviously slip um and and start to fall but uh but yeah i don't know i'm just like sort of mentally preparing myself that you know the bucks will be picking more from the divincenzo jerome robinson um troy brown type type group and that you know guys like um you know the both bridges shay alexander i've talked about a lot um 
uh, I don't know, pick, pick out, pick out other guys. Uh, you know, those guys, you know, the, the other guys who are sort of in that late lottery type range, I'm just assuming those guys won't be there, but obviously, you know, the interesting thing is always when somebody, you know, who's supposed to be picked in the 10 to 12 range actually slips to 17, which obviously does, does tend to happen pretty regularly, right? Like I'm curious about Michael, Michael Porter, man. I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen with him. Cause I, I think, Teams are cool with what they got and uh, all of the all of the reports that they were given. And I know I heard Jonathan Gavoni on ESPN Radio say that teams were pleasantly surprised with how good everything was. But then he also talked about the, the idea that some teams are thinking, you know, we're just going to give them a year, like like the like the Sixers did this past year, where they kind of just sit a guy out for a year and give him that red shirt year, and it's just like, ugh doesn't that mean some teams are not going to be interested? I don't know. I think maybe he explodes the draft and I'm trying to figure out who else those people might be. Um, Maybe there's some of that in Colin Sexton as well. Um, But I think there's some, I don't know there's some moving and shaking that has to be done in this draft. And uh, I feel like those are two guys that might be uh, the catalyst for that moving and shaking. It was interesting. One thing I didn't know about context until I was watching some some draft profile stuff today. Um, so he he completed his entire first, even though he was going to the pros, he completed his entire first year at Alabama. He had a straight A average at Alabama. So he's apparently actually like a, a very studious guy. Seems like you know has a really good head on his shoulders. Supposed to be a hard worker. Um, again, we raised those questions about you know whether that really translates on the court, especially defensively. But um, but yeah, interesting. You know, some interesting guys um, in, in this draft certainly among you know these different guys. Um, and then also just you know actually positional stuff, right? I mean, like Robert Williams is a great example. It's like you know he's a athletic big man potentially could potentially be a guy that you know switches on a perimeter players for short periods you know like can he be you know capella sort of the the (laughs) the idealized version of robert williams that people talk about but i mean odds are he's not clint capella and if he's not clint capella then what is he he's just he's just a guy right i mean like you know there's a big difference between like 75 to 80 percent of clint capella and 100 percent of clint capella 100 <laughs> yeah. percent of clint capella is really worth a lot especially if you're playing on the rockets you know 75 you know poor man's clint capella playing on a random team without james harden and chris paul this is just a guy it's just yeah a guy, right yeah. especially if he if he doesn't shoot and um i don't know so it's it, it's tough i i i definitely i definitely have been struggling i continue to struggle to sort of reconcile drafting bigs and on the one hand you know like i think there is a lot to be said as well i think cole brought it up that you look to the future i mean the great players of tomorrow there's some bigs coming through there are a lot of bigs right whether it's Embiid, chris stapps you know Giannis is is tall if not like a true big um carl anthony towns i mean there are a lot of these guys kind of coming through we'll see with this draft if if deandre Ayton, um jaron jackson marvin bagley wendell carter we'll see if like any of these guys sort of turn into you know if they're ever anywhere close to that kind of conversation obviously there's a long way to go for them to get to that to that level but um but yeah it's an interesting question right that well you know maybe in in four or five years if if most of the best players are six eleven seven feet tall um then then obviously the argument is, well you gotta have somebody to guard them but by the same token um you know it just seems like there's so many big guys now that that from a supply and demand perspective as well i, I don't know i'm just i'm just really interested to see especially in free agency this year you know like how much are like decent 
fringe starter rotation big men going for right i mean you know the Dwayne deadmans of the world right like I, how, yep. how much do Dwayne deadmans go for right he, he's got like a seven seven and a half million dollar player option so he's got to decide if he wants to go out if he thinks he's going to make more money um I, i'm really curious to see what what happens there and i think you know again i, I think it has to at least play some role into into your draft philosophy because again most guys don't reach their absolute peaks and if they end up being kind of like you know decent versions of their projections and they're not supposed to be superstars well you know a decent big man just i mean i feel like you can get a decent big yeah absolutely i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be strange and fun and uh, i think this is always this is a week that ends up being kind of weird but fun and uh, i think you just kind of left guessing throughout all of it so we'll see where it goes um i think tomorrow we'll probably try to talk a little bit about some of the prospects that either we're thinking we liked or we did like um we did a little bit of that today but um i think there's some more stuff to explore there tomorrow it'll be pretty much draft coverage wall to wall unless something crazy happens here in the next uh, little while but we'll see if that is the case until then for frank madden i'm merrick name this has been lockdown bucks we'll talk to you tomorrow